How is AI transforming the travel landscape? Are we witnessing the early days of NI Gold Rush? How do you align your existing product strategy with the potential of AI? Welcome to Artificial Intelligence Innovations Meets App Exchange, the bi-weekly show that explores the impact of AI in the Salesforce ecosystem. I'm Jakub Stefaniak, Salesforce Certified Technical Architect and VP of Technology Strategy and Innovation at Akiva Labs, where we help App Exchange partners accelerate their adoption of the latest technologies and get the most out of their Salesforce partnership. In each episode, we sit down with leaders from App Exchange ecosystem to discuss the latest trends and innovation in AI, product development opportunities, and ethical considerations. Our goal is to address critical challenges faced by business, build a community of engaged professionals, and provide insights into the latest trends and innovation in AI to help you stay informed and ahead of the curve. So, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's dive into the world of AI and App Exchange. Thank you very much for taking time to be here and share your insight with our listeners. Could you introduce yourself and tell a little bit about your role in the both company and the role of your product in Salesforce ecosystem? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Jakob. Really excited about this podcast. I think it's a great addition for yeah podcasts available within the Salesforce space. So, so congratulations. Yeah, so I'm my name is Ragnar Fjölnison. I founded a company called Captio back in 2012, and we worked in various projects inside the Salesforce ecosystem. Myself, my background, like I, I've been working with Salesforce technology since I was about 17 years old. I always say that I don't know anything else. So this is kind of what I'm stuck with and uh, been growing with the platform, both uh, technically and professionally for the last 15 plus years. So, you know, I had been exposed to a lot of different projects in Salesforce, a lot of different industries, was very fortunate to work in my home country of Iceland with a lot of really great people and great companies in like any vertical you can imagine. And after, after doing that for a while, you know, I kind of got the product bug, really wanted to do something, build a product, not just go project to project doing solution architecture and consulting and, and that kind of stuff. So we analyzed the market. We looked at what is out there in, uh, on the app exchange and we, we saw kind of a blue ocean opportunity with travel and we started digging into that what could be done in the travel space and decided to go after the tour operator market. And a couple of reasons for that, Iceland at the time was growing rapidly as a destination. So we had good access to product starved companies, you know, mm-hmm. companies that were either building their own software or were stuck on you know, legacy incumbent software from the nineties. So there was a lot of pain <laughs> and people were very starved. And we managed to bootstrap our way through a couple of customers in Iceland. That was really key for us. I mean, the, the first version of the product was absolutely horrible, obviously, but we were fortunate that we caught Salesforce's attention and they started to introduce us into deals all over the world. And that helped us kind of refine our offering and, and become very customer-driven development for for sort of the next few years. And we expanded into the cruise segment and then did more around tour, kind of like luxury, tailor-made. So like right now we end up with a a very versatile platform 
we call it, it's the platform to sell and operate premium multi-day travel. So that is high-end cruising, high-end rail and trains and anything which is kind of as a one percent, like a high booking value. I sometimes say we serve the 1% of the 1%. So our customers in the travel industry, they are like the, the most high-end producers of great luxury products or, or experiences. So they're the 1% of the travel industry and they then serve guests that are high affluent 1%, like very premium customers. And and we just found our niche there. And, mm-hmm. and obviously pandemic was tough, like for every other uh, travel industry related partner or technology provider or, 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 or company. But we've come really strong out of it and just amazing customers to, uh, that uh, we're really privileged to have and uh, work with. Thank you for the great introduction. And that explained because I heard about Captive first time a few years ago on some Dreamforce. And that time I was so amazed by your product and I asked myself why I never had so good customer experience when I'm going for some trips, but 1% of 1% maybe it's is the answer. <laughs> and you mentioned this quite a long journey from this because like 10 plus years on App Exchange is quite some time. We are speaking today mostly because like recently you mentioned that what is going on related to artificial intelligence in Europe is literally like in a gold rush in the ecosystem. So could you give us some insight on what kind of the AI impact do you expect to happen both in the app exchange and in your product to be more specific? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because me and my, my CEO, Vedar, he joined in 2021, comes from a, a big product ecosystem within the Atlassian ecosystem, founded a, one of the largest kind of partners there, a company called Tempo, has been most su- successful partner in the Atlassian ecosystem. He comes from a pure product-led growth company, very limited sales teams and just product sales itself kind of thing, and comes into Captio, which is very different. We've got very long sales cycles. We need to mm-hmm. build up relationships for a very long time before they trust us. And we've been working very closely together in, in defining how do we how do we get a little bit closer to product-led or become more product-led so that we are not going through these enormous sales cycles and brought in some great product managers and a director of product, Unnur, who've really been working side-by-side, you know, side, all of us, in refining our product strategy. And the product strategy now is sort of, we've got a list of goals and opportunities and very much following kind of the Marty Kagan model of, of product management. And the team does a tremendous job in that. And then, you know, whilst we were kind of viewing all of this and thinking about all of this, the kind of AI rush started to happen in parallel. And you start to think like my background is in architecture and then product, and now I'm, I'm managing strategy for the business and, and, and growth. And then you start thinking like, so how do you overlay the existing product strategy that we worked really hard on with this, like with this AI gold rush. And I did a LinkedIn post around this. Mm. And I, I had this realization after been using AI myself for pretty much everything in my life for the last 10 weeks or so. I had this realization that like it's 10X. We're 10Xing whatever we're doing. We're 10Xing productivity and we're 10Xing revenue. And it's a gold rush. It, open AI is just giving us shovels. Like we need to figure out where to dig. Mm-hmm. And I made this post on LinkedIn. That's where you reached out. But actually, I have another, another podcast also reached out to me. So like, I'm no, in no sense the expert here. 
like what I'm obsessed, like I'm truly obsessed about this opportunity. And I'm obsessed about how we leverage it in our product strategy. And that's kind of like, now we're just feeling out the market, our customer base, mm -hmm. right? We have conservative buyers, conservative organizations. They are working in cycles. They get really busy during peak season and then during operating season. So you have kind of like two quarters every year to work really closely with them. Otherwise it's just sell, 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 mm -hmm. operate, operate, operate. So we have to choose our narrative and choose our ideas carefully and work really closely with them. And it has to solve a problem. Like it can't just like, it can't just be AI for the sake of AI. We have to tie it to the product strategy where we've already identified obstacles and problems. And that's really what's like, that's how we are kind of figuring out how AI gets wrapped into our strategy rather than kind of like just, you know, and here's a new AI product. Like, no, mm -hmm. it's like AI, AI is, capa is a capability set that, you know, can be in integrated and embedded into your application. So that's the mindset we're taking. And uh, from perspective of being product company, do you believe that earlier you will be able to benefit with adding AI driven feature to the product or maybe like impact on how do you build the product and your development where cycle is going to be like more low hanging fruit? I think we are going to be looking at our roadmap, looking at our opportunities that we've ranked and worked carefully with customers on and looking at the problem and figuring out, okay, is there an AI solution to that problem that mm -hmm. gives us a 10x return? Because that's kind of the thing, right? Like we're all trying to follow the product management best, best practices of like not solutionizing until you've really understood the problem and really talked and done the research and talked to everyone. But like, we're all solution driven, right? And I'm the worst at that. I go straight to the solution. I've got four solutions before I you know, sometimes <laughs> truly get the problem. But what we're trying to do is like, here is a precise problem. And like the problem that I'm really thinking about right now that every one of our customers is going through is that there's unprecedented growth in our market, premium travel, its own economic bubble. It's mm -hmm. not being hit by inflation or by layoffs okay. or by the tech bubble, right? It's like rich people will want to travel, right? That's kind of what we've realized, like we're in this little economic bubble. So prices are getting higher for premium travel. The demand is getting higher. 23 is already sold out for most of our customers. and they just don't have as much people. They don't have access to the workforce that they need to mm -hmm. sustain this growth. Recruitment is the challenge after COVID, right? We had a bunch of cultural things happen with remote working and the, the, the quiet and exits and the great, great resignation and all of those cultural things that happen. And it's impacting our customers just like it's impacting everyone else's worst. And they are just sitting there. I was on a call yesterday where I heard decent sized company that doing one been, been there for you know, 20 years and doing great. They're like, we need 10 salespeople now. We just don't know where to find them. We, like, like they need to be trained up and they need to be, they need to learn the industry and the product. And so that's like, that's a problem that I am so confident generative AI can help solve. Right? Like, of course, productivity will be huge, but like, think about how generative AI can help with this onboarding problem and getting people up to speed who might not even come from the travel industry because the travel industry is a great place to work in. You get to travel, you get to speak a lot with people, you're selling amazing, unique experiences, 
So if you're coming from another sector like banking or financial services, it's a it's a completely mm-hmm. different culture, and it's great for those who want that. And they can, you can still earn decent money, and we just have to find a way to onboard them effectively and make them into great sellers, right? So I am convinced that that will be like one of the areas that we will gain traction with. And then, of course, you know, personalization of our travel documents and all the kind of copy and all the text that our system produces and is managed. You can you can create, you know, you can do really great things with generative AI in building itineraries and personalizing them and like looking at customer preferences. But I think that's like a nice to have compared to the problem of solving, like, how do we get people up to speed? How do we help these companies hire more salespeople to serve the demand? That's definitely a great example. And maybe this the question is going to be a little bit technical, but like talking about this first use case, do you expect that you can wait for Salesforce to deliver their Einstein GDP or is it going to be rather something custom or do you immediately start exploring how to make it happen? Great question. We will wait for Einstein GPT. Couple of reasons for that. We are an application company. We work with some of the most amazing foundational technology companies in the world. We work with Salesforce, we work with Google, we work with PayPal. We leave the foundational technology to them, right? So that we can be focused on our application and our user personas and delivering value to them. OpenAI is a platform, but OpenAI has not put in mechanisms to like protect the customer data, to put guardrails around kind of hallucinations and ensuring that if the AI doesn't know, we should just admit that it doesn't know. And what the pitch is from Salesforce, and I just came back from, from New York at the world tour, the pitch from them is like, we're going to put in those guardrails. Our core value is trust, right? So we as a partner and our customers, this is putting it to the test with Salesforce. If they can figure this out through Einstein CPT about how to leverage OpenAI, combine that with customer data that's sitting on the platform, but at the same time, give us as a partner the ability to, to embed it into our applications without taking on the, the really heavy lifting that you need to do to set up a, a proper practice and figure out like the ethical concerns and the hallucination concerns, right? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I don't think that we should be going that deep at this point. We should, we should really monitor the Salesforce's progress here. And I, and I think that they understand the concern. They're, they're taking the right steps. And we're just looking forward to being really close to it with their product management and sales leadership. And I think we might be a little bit late to the game then, but we need to be matching the conservatism of some of our customers as well and make sure that these things are secure. Not to mention the data privacy and taking customer data out of the platform into some other platform, processing it and getting it out like, we shouldn't be doing that. We're an application company. Let me add to this. In case if someone is not familiar yet with the word hallucination, it's exactly this beautiful experience when you go to ChatGDP, you try to ask for a non-existing product and then you get the full specification. So like this word is going to be more and more popular across the industry when we see these problems happening. And I fully understand that like waiting for Salesforce to solve lots of these problems is going to be an awesome enhancement and like it will take lots of headaches from you. Are there any other major risks and challenges related to AI implementation which you see in your industry? And for example, 
I was sent to it that in the New York, they make some regulation that if you want to use AI-driven software to screen candidates in your company, then you are going to be required to make some audit and prove that this AI software is not biased. Are there any similar changes in your industry which you are thinking about? Yeah, I don't envy the HR partners, by the way, like this, like this would be a big problem to solve, like bias in the algorithm. And yeah, I, I don't envy them. I think that's a difficult position. I think for us, it would be more around, can Einstein GPT be trusted? Will they put up guardrails to ensure the data is protected, relevant, and not kind of leaking across domains and, and very critical concerns that have to be in place, but also you mentioned the hallucination, as we talked about, that's going to be key. I think that for us, it will be adoption and maintainability within the organization about how it's adopted, change management. People are going to be resistant and skeptical about how that this will actually give you 10x. I've always, like, I've been in the role so many years now trying to convince them to take bats on certain things that are far less risky than this. And, they, and I've had pushback on various things in our discussions, but I think that change management and figuring out a way to adopt will be key. And that's just where we, we're going to have to be a really trusted partner and think big, but start small, like figure it out so that you can roll it out to a, a couple of users, get some feedback and do it the right way in an iterative way so that that we can build up that confidence that this is going to be the game changer, that the technologies, technologists like you and I, we know that, right? It's just a question of how we build it in. And everyone's, everyone's overwhelmed, right? This is, even me who use it every, like I get, I have a continuous existential crisis every day when I realize something with the AI that I, could, can now do that this saved me another 10x of something. Mm -hmm. So it is like, we'll look back at this time and this will be like absolute turning point in society, software, everything. And how we're super privileged to be right in the smart middle of it, I think, right? Scary as well though, right? That, that's a good time, but as you said, exciting time as well. Hey, and stepping out for a second from the product itself, do you see any AI-driven tools, software, whatever, which you are currently using in Captive, which like change already your job. So for example, do you generate <coughs> lots of stuff via ChatGDP, make some smart recordings with transcriptions and so on? Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're probably in a similar place as others, like as, a, as an institution, as like as a whole company, right? Everyone is kind of giving a little bit of free reign to test it out and discretionary budget to buy some tooling and test it out and whether it's ChatGPT4, or a mid-journey, you know, I was just before this call talking to the designer about approving license for mid-journey for our marketing content, things like that. And of course, using Notion, I think what a brilliant move by them to come in early because it's kind of embedded into there. So I think we don't, like everyone else, right? We don't have a holistic strategy. I think every leader needs to really figure out and embrace and empower their teams to like test things out. Yeah. Use Copilot in the dev teams. Use ChatGPT in the marketing and the sales teams. You know, like figure out how to bring this into your workflow. I've managed to put it into basically every workflow that I have, but it's taken me some time and I'm an, a super early adopter. 
but I think we're not doing any, like the tooling we have is not any different than everyone else's. It's like figuring out how to use it and how to get the 10X. And we're overwhelmed as well. Like we are. I don't fully agree with you because for example, for recording of meetings and making a good transcriptions, I checked like five different versions of software and I didn't yet find a good tool. So I have a thing that, as you said, it's at this moment, a lot of about exploring, but for example, I was not aware about Notion as well. So I will check it after we finish the call. And as a follow-up on this, what about security? Because like probably you heard that in Samsung, they have some situation that people use ChatGDP to make like summary for meetings without knowing that then they are adding them to the OpenAI model and so on. So if your employee expert all these capabilities on their own, are you and you afraid that something similar can happen in Captio? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's always concerns with, with this. I, I don't think we're discl disclosing too many secret sauce, protective, corporate espionage type of secrets. You never know, right? But I think the data controls that they've added at OpenAI is a, is a response to that. And we are telling people to be aware of that and how that uh, impacts then the downstream applications. We don't know, right? Like with Notion, like we don't, we don't get that control in Notion right now. So Salesforce have to figure that out in order, like that, there needs to be a, my answer to you right now is shit. Like my CFO and my board will not like my answer. And that's why Salesforce have to figure this out before we roll it out to way more conservative organizations than a scrappy Captio travel tech company from Iceland. We're not that scrappy, we're getting better. So like, you, you get the idea, right? We have, to, we have to find answers to this at an industry level in order to assure adoption. And I think Benioff's got the right, you know, and his team obviously have got the right values in place. That's a good answer. So my last question will be about the future. And could you share your predictions or thoughts about how AI-driven company will be able to differentiate themselves from competitors? Like when we will all have this AI-driven engines, what will be like capture competitive advantage in this world? It will be for a short amount of time. And then it will become a commodity. There's a lot of productivity and revenue to be made. Whilst it becomes that commodity, I think what all these platform companies are doing, OpenAI, Microsoft, Amazon Web Services, and, and of course now Salesforce is, they're bringing the shovels and now we just have to dig. The only difference is that there's going to be enough gold for everyone to pass around. It will have significant impact on our customers and it will make everyone more productive. I am not, like, it will evolve into so significant change in organizations that efficiencies will, will reach a point where the same headcount is not needed. That's clear to everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone is starting to figure that out. There will be societal impacts by that, by that, by that trend and new roles will get created, but obviously it's going to be challenging for a portion of the workforce. I mean, that, that's a concern of mine as well. Like I'm, I got two, two little boys. So I'm thinking about like, they're four and two years old. What will they be when they're older with this technology in place, right? They, how, how should they specialize? Where will their opportunities be? And I'm so privileged in my upbringing and in, my op in the opportunities that are given themselves to me. I, I'm not sure if how the dynamic will therefore change. So those are the things keeping me up a little bit. But yeah, it's, uh, I, think, I think it's just... It's going to be an exciting couple of months where we can take advantage of the competitive advantage for sure. But trust 
will be key. And that's why, you know, I still think my best decision as a founder of a, of a startup is to partner with Salesforce like 10 years ago. From I think they will be able to play in the AI wars with trust and their customer data. And, and you know, this new message of becoming a customer company, I think, I think and that was a good decision. That answer explains a lot how it happened that essentially you changed the world from shift product officer to shift strategy officer. And as you said, like with the next month, so many things are going to happen that staying next to these changes and looking where to go is going to be more important than ever. Thank you a lot for sharing your insights with us and your time. And I really appreciate it. Thanks, Diego. This was fun. Thank you so very much for tuning into this episode of AI Innovations Meets App Exchange. We hope you enjoyed the insightful discussion and found this episode valuable. To stay updated on our latest episodes, be sure to sign up for our newsletter and never miss a beat. If you have any questions or want to engage with us further, we'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Until next time, keep exploring the exciting world of AI and App Exchange.